Herculon! But you weren't due back from the time travel convention until... Yesterday? Throw to the end of the week. It's the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm Garrett. He's Kyle. Hello. I'm fueled by Red Bull. Nice. Not sponsored. You're fueled by. Wait, you did that the other day. You were like, oh, I did a Red Bull. I shouldn't have done that. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you, Garrett. Oh, I, well, that the other day, that was a whole other thing. I woke up and I was just like, it's too hot. I don't want coffee. And so <laughs> I went and got a Red Bull. Today, right. this is an emergency, just like the tiny one. Like, when I say tiny, the normal size. Red Bull, which really is all you should drink because it's just crammed full of so much stuff. Uh, but it, today's just a normal one. I don't oh, usually yeah. do this. I'm usually a one cup of coffee a day person when it comes to my caffeine intake. Uh, but Kyle, we're 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 back in the grind after a lot of traveling uh, and like a half work week because we we didn't get up to our shit last week until halfway through it. And I'm fe- I'm feeling it. I, feel, I I relaxed. I did. I I was on a weird. Schedule for too long, and now I'm struggling to get back in the swing of things. How, how are you? My my butt isn't used to this, man. Like I think that's my my upcoming purchase is I'm not ready to sit in a chair this often. We did some bonus streams this week, and my uh, gluteus maximus oh. endurance is not properly supported in this chair. I, I yeah. Need, I need a cradle. I need a cradle of some kind. I've been having real thoughts about. I've been questioning how worth it is it that I use my nice camera for the webcam. I use this mm, yeah, for, for the little one, like in the corner and stuff. Yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah. I use a, a Sony a seven uh, with a 35 millimeter prime lens for all of you camera nerds out there. That's an a seven three to be very specific. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm sure I could get some kind of a mounting device that went on my desk, which is a standing desk, which means when I put it in standing mode, the camera would follow me. But the problem is, is when you bump the desk, it moves the whole damn camera. So my setup right. is it sits on a tripod behind my desk. Um, That's the way to do it. Which means it's perfect when I'm sitting. But it's mm. it's such a heavy apparatus, especially because I also have it in a teleprompter for when I need to do readies. But looking at the camera, like like mounting this on the desk, would, it would just be such a pain in the ass. It'd be such a pain in the ass, Kyle. And I already upgraded my chair. My chair is great. But... Yeah, man, after uh, doing, you know, a week in the Keys and then four days in Vegas, like I was on my feet a lot. I was moving around a lot. I was very just mobile and active sitting in this chair for the last week and a half. I can feel it slowly killing me. <laughs> That's yeah, how I feel Occupational right now. hazard. Yeah. Occupational hazard takes practice. You don't want to leave too much. You know, you're hydrating one whatnot. You got to get up sometimes, but... Yeah, it's uh, you don't want to uh, kill the energy, and we've got two people, so we pass off. But still, you know, it's a delay in the action, and uh, all that. That's, yeah. yeah, that's where my brain's been. Occupational at. hazard. I'm, yeah, I've, I've been like some about it this 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 year. I'm just like suddenly aware of, dear God, I sit too much. Uh, I mean, I, I experienced a man's occupational hazard today. We had an exterminator come by to deal with some yellow jackets. Oh, and uh, in the he ran. In the house? He's allergic. Yes. Well, in the closet outside, you know, like an outdoor closet. They've set up shop in there. Oh, so we, we put in a report with the apartment and they send out a allergic to bees exterminator, sadly, who oh. ran for it and uh, told us from a distance that he'd be sending someone with a bee suit tomorrow. The, 
Uh, I have a lot of questions. Uh, first and, off, we all end up in weird parts of our life, you know. You yeah, just you say yeah, yes yeah, enough. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, I don't want to judge. It's hard to find work. Uh, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta take what you can find. Sometimes. Uh, but that does seem like maybe not the best life choice. Um, but you know, I'm gonna take it one step further back. Why don't you, why don't you have a? Shouldn't they all have bee suits? But he said he had applied for one five months ago, but they haven't supplied him one yet. So, you know, it's a, I got a little peek in the guy they sent the same company. They sent a guy to kill my aunts and that dude had a scar through his eye. He was like the most badass. My <laughs> wife was killed by ants. I watched them drag her underground kind of guy. And I wish I had had him today so I could access my cucumber plants. That's the, that's the sort of domestic <laughs> madness I'm dealing with right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean. I mean, um, hi, Kyle. I live I live in Diet Australia. Um, we deal with our own wasps. Why don't you just go to Home Depot get get what, some wasp what, spray? What? What? You, you just, know what? You know what? You know what an apartment costs now? I'm not paying for wasp spray when I can make a person. <laughs> that's what I pay for. You think I change out my long lights? I do my normal lights. Like I'm not a villain. I, like a light, you know, a normal bulb goes out in my bathroom and i'm not i'm like oh get someone in here chop chop no but if you have the long lights i'm not gonna buy my own long lights i'm not gonna do like window repair for you with the caulk <laughs> i'm not saying okay maybe it's just not as uh, frequent of a thing there we get wasps so frequently here i just i always have a can of wasp spray just uh in the garage get the breast well, wasp, yellow jack i guess yellow jackets uh bore they bore into the foundation and set up a base so it's not like oh a, yeah you a need a you, uh, you would need a there's like a foam treatment um hi my dad yeah. my dad owns an extermination company yeah 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 so it's <laughs> you know all, all, all occupational hazards everybody's got something i worked in data entry and i didn't tell them i was dyslexic because i really needed the job so i'm sure pizza was spelled pizza somewhere <laughs> It's probably some salamis with salomis and all sorts of mm. errors across that poor website. Isn't it a transposition, not not misspelling? So wouldn't it be salmi and uh, and uh, uh, it's pa or something? But it's it's unique for every dyslexic. It's oh, okay. they say it's tightly uh, tied to like ADHD, but like for absorption. And for me, it's very much the spinning Q pdb kind of business like ah you have an issue with the with the tails yeah yeah so like little feet little feet on my letters can help but uh sometimes sometimes it's just fun to be me because things look horribly misspelled or funny in advertisements and they end up not being funny and you get a little chuckle it it does always lead to some unintended humor on stream as well yes exactly a lot of there's a lot of laughing and and now luckily (laughs) we've we've had a we've had the same audience for long enough that it is well known uh that that you have dyslexia and we all just is known we all just we all just get a little smile which is like ah, oh, that's our kyle that's our kyle i, could, I love I that he read you, that uh, way my my segue would be and that's why i never played a Baldur's gate growing up because it was all reading and i played kotor first which uh did all the voice acting for me so mm. when i went back and was like oh my god bioware is amazing what can i play of theirs i've started up you know, Morrowind was, you know, a different company, but I started that up in like the first maybe 10 minutes as voice acting. You're like, oh, sick. This is perfect. And then just drops off. Now in an age of like Final Fantasy 14, Yakuza, a lot of these games where voice acting come and goes, I'm used to it. And it's something I will endure if I'm really enjoying the game. But uh, hearing, I think Boo, I think Boo was the name of the hamster, but it was Pooh Bear, uh, Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen, no, no, that's Optimus Prime. It was Pooh Bear. 
Uh, uh, Jim uh, Cummings. Jim Cummings. Hearing Jim Cummings do a fabulous job for like the first three minutes of your boulders adventure and then it just fallen off a cliff. It was a little jarring. And the gameplay was also uh, insane. Like, by minute three, you'd have like seven companions. Well, if you don't find us jarring and you think our quality is insane, you can go to supportourbromance.com. Ooh, the segue in the segue. I was segueing to the news topic and you segued to this. Oh, my goodness. It's too advanced. I was like, I shouldn't We're do this. Kyle's in a mood where he's going to call out the segue because he's going to be so impressed by what I'm about too to deep. do. But I, I just had to do it anyway. <laughs> Check out supportourbromance.com. That's where you can go. It'll take you directly to our Patreon. We've got some bonus content for you over there. Uh, the the big Q&As that we did before our vacations are up there, as well as an ad-free version of the show where you don't hear stuff like this in your recording although uh, sometimes they're fun like this and maybe you like that and that, you know that's fine too it's your option you can <laughs> continue listening you can to always the public support, show yeah and, yeah and then download a normal use your normal spotify's yeah. or whatever's yeah. and get the show there yeah. but also support you can do both and you'll get access to the members only channels in the discord which is where we pull questions for this very podcast and there's some other wonderful channels in there you can talk to us directly check it out support ourbromance.com thank you for the support everybody let's get to this week's bear Sexin news. Good, 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 good. Oh, great news, everyone. Shove it. Uh, all right. Last week, we, we just talked about the fact that Baldur's Gate 3 had come out and it was just tearing up the review charts. But this week, Kyle, you and I have both played a good deal of it. Uh, it's not a penis type B measuring contest because we will lose to everyone on the Internet that has already played more than us. But I am curious how many hours do you have in the game already? Oh, well, it's cheating because uh, Kristen played on my account, too. So uh, we, we tried to sit down for some co-op, but, you know, not not viable, <laughs> not a okay. viable activity in the house at the moment. Ah. So she's been going on her own account here. Let me let me let me stop. I can I can still give you a little give you a little taste because I did experience through her other avenues of the story. Twenty three hours, twenty three hours at the moment. Ah. Okay, okay. I'm at, I'm just about to tick over to 10. Almost all of that has been on stream. I like this game so much. I am so impressed. I am so smitten with this game. Uh, never played a Baldur's Gate before, by the way. Uh, and I know this Doesn't is quite different really. than the old I mean, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's some, I, like, lore that's clearly coming over. I'm just trying to explain. I'm not coming to this as an old-school Baldur's Gate fan. Um, uh, I've been screwing around on, like, a, just a solo little character. Uh, I've restarted that character a few times just because I want to kind of mess with the other classes that I can be. Uh, currently playing the most evil warlock that ever w- locked. And Who did uh, you dark urge? How how evil are you going? I don't know what that means, uh, but I, like, all, I did whatever the middle option was. I, I think it's like an old god is my, is what I'm yeah, doing the bidding of. Kinda- Cthulhu sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. background. I, I just was like, I just was like, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. I didn't I, look anything up, and I'm just, I'm just kind of going with it. But Kyle, I've already gotten an ending. I, you died. I, 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 I kissed the mind flayer and died, <laughs> and it was just like game over. Would you like to reload? And I was just like, holy shit. Yep. Level one should be dangerous. Yeah, yeah I guess it, it's worth saying if this is your first episode of the podcast, uh, well, welcome to you. But I am an old school, old school, I guess so, like 20 yes. plus years easy. You so. can easily say old. I know, it, it's, it's all it's all different for your it's age. All relative. For your yes. age, you're an old school D&D fan. Yes. So I've been going since third edition into 3.5 and everything since then. 
I am well versed in fifth edition, having done a number of live play shows like there will be dungeons as well as a D&D teaching show called DM Gives Inspiration. So I am just smitten with how well they've translated fifth edition to such a degree that when you and I were playing co-op yesterday, you were handed a cup of poison. And I said, drink it, drink it. You have immunity because I knew in the background the paladin was immune to poison. So to the degree that they are doing Fae Run on top of it with Forgotten Realms, like I actually opened up my Forgotten Realms guidebook in order to help us work through a puzzle yesterday or know what god we were dealing with in the room or look up a symbol. Like it is very, very thorough. Yeah, I like it enough. Like I, So I've played a little D&D. We, we've told the story before in case you weren't there for it. Like, I was so late to D&D, I didn't play it until my mid to late 20... When did you get married, Kyle? What year did 26. you get married? 26? 26? Yeah. 26. Uh, oh, a, a year oh, is the what I meant. Um, uh, well, if you were 26, then I was oh, 26. Oh, this will be, be my 10th anniversary. Yeah, so uh, thir- 13, 2013. Oh, shit, it's been 10 years. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, so it, never mind. Then I gave my answer anyway. So I was 26 years old the first time I played Dungeons & Dragons because uh, for your bachelor party, we hosted it at my house, and you did a one-shot. You DM'd a one-shot because that's what you wanted to do for your bachelor's party, and that was the first time I ever played D&D. Um, I had a little bit of experience with the Star Wars tabletop game Edge of the Empire. Before that, I had played a couple one shots with my friends that same year before your your bachelor's party. Uh, and since then, I've had a lot more experience with Edge of the Empire and not a ton of experience with D&D. I've done a couple more uh, one shots. That's about it so and and I didn't get into the the critical role obsession I tried I was listening to a a live play podcast called I think it was one shot that was an edge of the empire live play and at some point uh started doing video work and I was like I don't have the hour though I don't have the raw hours to consume live play D or any tabletop audio program. it is yeah it's it's very time consuming uh it was a magical magical thing and to me D&D has always been an oral tradition. I do not absorb rules well. If you say, let's have a board game night. I bought a new board game. That's the whole night. We will learn how to play that game that night. We will not actually play until session two. So D&D had to be taught to me, not from the books, because I actually borrowed the books from a friend at summer camp <laughs> earlier on, because I was like interested. I was like, ooh, stats for dragons. This is insane. But it wasn't until I actually got to play the game. And I think live play did a huge service. Obviously, D&D Beyond, cursed at the time, became officially Wizards and all that. Wizards of the Coast was very happy to have that vessel and advertised and paid them to do. And even there was a switch up that happened. If you're not familiar with that, uh, Matt Mercer originally ran Pathfinder games for that crew because Pathfinder is kind of superior in many ways to 5th edition. And... Knowing the markability of Dungeons and Dragons, the world's greatest role-playing game, as it says on the back of the books, the world's most well-known role-playing game, and with Stranger Things and everything else going on, it became this vessel. So many, many people checked out D&D through that. Now, Baldur's Gate is doing that for tons of people. Tons of people I've seen be like, I want to play real D&D. This is awesome. It, it's selling like absolute gangbusters. Uh, and I'm where I was going with, uh, I got into a long-winded explanation of my background in D&D or lack thereof. Um, 
but uh, I'm so smitten with this. This is the first time I want to read D&D lore, Kyle. I know nothing about paladins in D&D, but I'm playing one in Baldur's Gate with you on stream, by the way. So a little bit of a pimp here for our stream over on our YouTube channel. Search for Grinding Gear on YouTube or just go to youtube.com slash TV. Take it right to our channel. We've uh, already done two streams, and we'll be doing at least one more next week, if not two. We'll see how it goes. We seem to be getting ahead of some people, spoiler-wise, so we're giving you well, all some we, time to get ahead. We sped run. Like, I, I fired up my game last night. I was like, oh, right, talk to the mayor. Kind of like we... We, we need to go of, back to town. We we were <laughs> we were thoroughly yeah, off the rails yeah. for there, many. There's, I feel like I feel like I'm dividing the players of this game into two very 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 large and general camps. There's the players of Baldur's Gate three that look things up because they want to know if they're going to miss something. Read and then, in your choose your own adventure book. Yes. And then there's the people who are just going blind and and live with the consequences. And uh, we've been more in that latter camp. We have reloaded saves a couple times because Kyle clicked a vase on accident and basically killed us all. Yeah, um, or like we didn't understand that a statement meant was said one way and it actually meant it another way and we yeah. meant the other way. So yeah, the only time we've been really reloading is when it goes against our intention, not not our wishes. I'm happy to yes. I'm happy to live with things i'm unhappy with the consequences of but i don't want to do an action that i didn't mean to do i understand if your time is limited and you only want that one perfect playthrough but i'm not a save scummer i like iron man mode i like things to go horribly awry and while you know as you mentioned we're not gonna you know kill a whole village accidentally by moving a pot I, I do want to live with, I want to see, you know, uh, Rex get sucked into space or whatever happens in the end of Mass Effect. You know, I want, <laughs> I want it to go horribly, horribly wrong. And it's a good, it's a good lead in. Like, they, for those who haven't played it, this is how a seasoned DM will do it. They will take the entire book, they will open it to like challenge rating 13 and they'll go, what kind of crazy shit can I do to amuse myself? Anyway, goblins. Okay, back to level one adventure, everybody. Anyway, goblins. And they're doing what I really loved about old Bioware adventures. Lost some of its magic along the way, but you are a specter. You are a Jedi. You have a special gift that is causing you to be important. And when you get into trouble or talk to the governors and whatnot, you have this in that other people don't. I think it really kind of lost its way by Inquisitor. That was okay. Pathfinder in Mass Effect Andromeda. That was just like... You're an explorer. Well, what's special about you explore and we don't. It's lost its way over time, but I love the Jedi kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm enjoying that as well. This is giving me mad uh, Bioware vibes. I didn't grow up playing oh, KOTOR like you did. Because um, KOTOR was like Xbox only, wasn't it? Like uh, there was, there was well, some, I think it, there was something that, that kept me sense. away from KOTOR. I think, I think it was Xbox only. That makes sense because I think it was a PC game first and foremost. It was a pausey kind of business and maybe a little rough on controller too. But I think it was I simultaneous. I think it was on yeah. both. And I, did, I didn't have my own gaming PC yet. And I didn't, I didn't have an original Xbox. I was a, I was a PS2 guy at the time. Um, so just never played it. I remember I always wanted to play Jade Empire. That was the one that I was like, damn, this just looks like so cool. And uh, still to this day, never played Jade Empire. But I it's remember the reviews rough. of it at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little rough around the edges, yeah. and yeah. But uh, so I didn't grow up with those. So so Bioware to me is pretty much only Mass Effect because that's when I got on board. Is like I played at the very tail, like right before two came out. I like rushed through one, and I was like, "This is fun." Hate the Bako. 
heard there's not as much Baco in two. I'm excited <laughs> for that. And then I played two when it was pretty new and and you know the new hotness and just I mean Mass Effect two is one of my favorite games of all freaking time. And uh, I mean this path that you and I have have, have been set upon <laughs> the last year and a half of uh, getting more into YouTube streaming constantly uh and and everything with final fantasy 14 uh we realize oh shit like it's just really fun to play co-op games together publicly and and we we've been looking for something in addition to final fantasy that kind of kind of scratches that itch and i i know we both multiple times have been like if we could if if boy howdy wouldn't it be nice if there was a co-op bioware game just because of the type of type of games that you and i enjoy and the type of people that you and i are (laughs) um and and jesus dude like this this is like a gift from the heavens for you and me it's pretty i'm also just like loving it as the dm knowing the monsters knowing some of the stats seeing a thing and being like that's super powerful we need to not engage that having my background knowledge has been so enjoyable in my own playthrough, I am doing Dark Urge. So Dark Urge is so you have a choice of custom character or origin character. And it's just like it was in Divinity 2. An origin character has more background. You get to play as Tally or Miranda. You get to play as Carthonassi or whoever it might be. Imagine your role-playing game, you play as a side character. You are now that person in their adventure of whatever it may be. And to figure out why they're so sexy is now your burden to undertake. And Dark Urge is one they added very, very late in the game. Uh, It allows you to make your own appearance, and you are haunted by, well, amnesia, but you're haunted by a need to kill, and your your hands must taste blood. So you're a a psychopath. You're a psychopath, and you can play it as a complete psychopath or, like, like, repressing psychopath. So I play a warlock psychopath who is repressing it. So I'm like uh. repressing my warlockness. I'm rep- I woke up and I have this dark connection to this dark god, and I have this need to kill, but I'm repressing it. I'm see how far I can go before I have to kill again. So like and it's very uh, very satisfying. Norman Bates. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's it's cla- like honestly, this is probably like 50 percent of people's first characters they ever make at a table. Normally, a parent's dead, and they're questioning to figure out why. Like. It, are you talking People, about your solo character or is your druid uh, a murderer? And I'm no, my, my, dru- my druid with you is very, very normal. My, okay. my perspective, my perspective is I want to, I just want to clear up real fast. We both have a solo character we've been screwing around on. And then we have characters yes. that we're playing together. So together, if you watch us on stream, I'm a paladin. Kyle's a druid. Kyle's not talking about stream character right now. Cause we got no, some people who no. are confused in the chat. We're probably going to confuse some of the podcast listeners. Yeah, no, that, that'd be too much. I think that's too much to bring to a co-op game. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to you know, lay that on you. <laughs> I love playing evil character. The most fun I've ever, I don't usually play an evil character. I usually, I usually play a pretty, pretty good guy. Um, but the most fun I've ever had in a game like this was SWOTOR. When it originally released, I did the Sith warrior line and I played the most evil piece of shit in the galaxy. And I had so much fun with it. Um, so I think, I don't know if I'll actually complete a solo playthrough of this game. We'll see. It's, it's so it's massive. It takes so yeah. much time. Uh, but I'm hoping to, you know, have a little, have a little side game where I'm just like the most evil piece of shit uh, in the realm. So, yeah, I like being horribly messed up and fighting against the urge. So it's working perfectly for me. No, my, my overall D and D philosophy is you are human if you're interesting. And 
like if you want a dark backstory where you you know uh, your parents were murdered and you're the son of a god and you're infused with powers beyond your understanding please be human because working in everything else fantasy on top of that way too much for the dm however in our together playthrough i play a drow druid which is oh that's kind of neat and like i have like a spider form and i kind of like ooh, the drow with the spider form ooh ah but like yeah, that, in, that's the in act that's one we personality already, for me in act one i didn't even know the game did this but we are like already had a moment where goblin was like a drow out in the daylight and we like had di unique dialogue and and reactions as a result of that that i thought was really cool Just and it's because not, the fact that you decided to roll, roll a drow well and it's fully voice acted even the animals you can talk to in it are fully voice acted and they will move remove replace change character locations like you and i set sail after having certain conversations met entirely different characters than in my solo playthrough when I set sail with the mission in tow that I actually got from the mayor as I'm referring to them like it is it is a deeply uh tied game the dice rolls you can hit escape for anyone out there who's like these dice rolls are too long and kind of boring just hit escape you'll just you'll, you can speed right through the animation of the dice going if you want to skip that along that's the only real complaint I've seen from a lot of people and there is there is clunk like there there is RPG clunk that I think a lot of us just like Tears of the Kingdom. I remember when that came out and I was on the show and I was like 10 out of 10. Like, come on, like not 10 out of 10. This is that same experience for RPG players, for anybody who's played Pillars of Eternity, Baldur's Gates, KOTORs. There are times where like everything spawns in or someone's face like or like you had a helmet that was flying behind you when a game is this massive in rpg and there's this much interconnected interweaving story and organic experience kind of happening throughout we are terribly forgiving and uh, yeah yeah 10 out of 10 hell yeah this is an amazing game yeah I'm, i i think it's it's probably going to be if we, if we don't do game of the year maybe we should start but if i did it, it this would probably be my game of the year i think that we should do it we should do at the end of the year i want to do game of the year and GG i want to do and yeah, I want to do GG Awards. We're going to come up with a couple. And one of them I want to have is Game of the Year versus the game you played this year. We so it should, may not have been a new we, game. We should just call it Game We Played of the Year so that people don't get mad. Oh, well, you mean like mad that we didn't play some obscure title? That, that exactly, like, exactly. That was, all, was totally yeah. rocking. People, people, are gonna, you know, people are going to be like, what about Tears of the Kingdom? I like, I didn't play it because I don't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this is a game I played of the year. Yeah, it's it's going to I think it's going to be a D&D &D year for me, man, because I was thinking about it the other day because uh, I watched Guardians three uh, finally. Now that's on Disney Plus and, and I really liked it and it kind of solidified for me that in the MCU, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is like my absolute favorite thing. Um, but uh, I still think the D&D &D movie is my favorite movie this year. Um, I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it was a flop. I, I'm just, I'm still in shock. It was amazing. I, I think flop might be a bit strong, but uh, 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 successful enough to warrant a sequel doesn't look like it. No, it is a cult classic, I guess. Uh, successful enough, but I, 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 that's kind of where my head's at with, with Hunter Among Sleeves. I think it's going to go on to be a, a modern cult classic so the the budget was 150 box office was 208 like yeah so it, you know yeah 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 i'm sure the studio ain't happy about that which is a shame i think yeah i think cult classic has now become one hit wonder is basically it didn't spawn a franchise it didn't financially run away with toys and whatnot they even put a lot of toys in the stores for 
Honor Amongst Thieves. I can't really think of who would want to play with them. They, they were like, they, they were <laughs> subtle, interesting, nuanced, funny characters. And like they made a Nerf gun, like an exclusive D&D Nerf gun. And I was kind of like, oh, damn, I kind of want to buy a Nerf gun. But okay I, 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 we we got you don't know i don't know man kids kids are weird i got into weird shit that like for some reason i ended up wanting toys of as a kid that i think about it now and i'm like why was i into that like why the hell did i give a crap about dragon heart it was just cool looking it's a weird it, movie. it was a very cool yeah that was a doesn't great hold design. up now that cg looks no. terrible yeah the fact but that sean gotta- connery is doing a dragon's voice is funny like, it's just, it seems like an SNL skit at this point. I am the last one. I like it. I, I really like Dragonheart. I do uh, too. I, I, it was the part like a pudding is just really lame. And, um, what is, uh, uh, but what's the professor's name? <laughs> Lupin. Lupin just acting like an insane blonde man is Lupin's in worth the watch. Yeah. He plays the, he plays the insane prince who has half a dragon heart. Oh Spoiler. shit! That's him. <laughs> Dude, I haven't. I, I to be honest, I, I haven't turned. I haven't turned Dragonheart on in uh, probably since before I could drive. But give it another one. I honestly, man, give it another one. Oh my god, is, that was Dennis Quaid just doing his best Kevin Costner Robin Hood impression, which is just Kevin Costner in Renfair garb. To be fair, I appreciate when we don't make American actors pretend to be British if they couldn't do it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, oh like, God! Like, Jason Isaacs was in that movie. Jason Isaacs, uh, uh, Malfoy's dad, bad guy in the. Oh, Patriot. oh my God! Who who the hell did he play? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. Him at all. I don't, I don't know any like, of the characters in this movie. He was probably like the sheriff of Nottingham kind of type. He was probably the the guard running around. The best version of those is the sheriff of Nottingham in the on uh, Prince of Thieves because he has that voice that like like that sound that sound and. He's got one of my favorite quotes of all time in Count of Monte Cristo, where he is the prison guard and walks down the hall and says, I haven't got all day. Actually, I do. I've got all day. And uh, I love like just a prison guard who just loves beating the shit out of people. Like it, <laughs> When you're evil for evil's sake, I have a giggle. It's why villains are the best. And I love watching are... Starscream. Yeah. Villains, murder Megatron. Villains are fun and 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 simple villains. Villains are fun. I, I really appreciate a, a nuanced villain, but at this point, we have so many of them. We have so many nuanced villains. Well, like, franchises, right? Yeah, it's gotta be deeper and can't be all surface. Well, it doesn't level always one. have to be, but we've had so many good we've had so many strong anti-hero stories. Uh, Kyle has watched none of them. Uh, you know, it's breaking bad and everything that that spawned. Uh, and then you also have like everything post Heath Ledger's Joker, where you just had these, these really strong actor forward villain performances. And it's like, yeah, I love it. All of that stuff. And it blew my mind too, when it was new, but now we've been doing it so long that I kind of just get like, just give me another Darth Vader, which I know we've explored and we understand why he's tortured now. But back in the day, just dude in a dark suit, loves being evil, loves choking people to death. I want more Jafar in my life, Kyle. Oh, chat's correct me. It wasn't, uh, yeah, yeah. Alan Rickman was the sheriff. No, it was his assistant. It was his uh, cousin, his cousin. Anyway, uh, I'm, not, I'm not recommending you go watch Prince of Thieves. I was not, I was a little confused because I'm like, that's, that's Alan Rickman. I don't think we're talking about the same person, but I just yeah, no, I no. feel like getting into it. 
Uh, Alan, yeah, yeah, Alan Rickman. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Baldur's Gate 3, bringing endorsement, crazy game. I absolutely, like, if you come to me and you're like, I don't have time for an MMO, I'm like, it's 2023. If you want to play an MMO, you can probably find a pace for yourself you will enjoy. Don't yeah. give me that. Yeah, you don't need but to if do you come everything. to me and you say, if you say, I don't have time for Baldur's Gate 3, yes, that can be true. Look at us. Look you how might slow. not have time for Baldur's Gate 3. I, I, I think you can, though. I think, I think an hour in Baldur's Gate is an hour well spent. I mean, I think of, like, price per hour. Yeah, obviously, it's going to be worth it. And I would say just for, like, uh, you know, speaking with your wallet, if you're not going to play this, just, like, buy it so that the developers who didn't put microtransactions and made an awesome game in Larian Studios <laughs> is, you know, on the, on the swing. Like, Larian Studios has... Thoroughly established themselves as the Bioware studio right now. They are the new hotness and they have that special sauce. And I'm really excited to see what they do in the future. They're very jokey, as like old Blizzard was. They're very uh, lighthearted in some degree. I mean, a dark urge, like there's parts where I'm just like, what if you, and the narrator is like, what if you ripped out all the entrails and like bathed in them? And it's like, oh, that's, that's messed up. I'm glad I'm not doing this on stream and have to like address it, but I'm glad you went for it. You went full hog. You're not nervous about anything. And I'm enjoying your various nudities and the scales you put on a dragonborn's penis. Like go for it. If you're gonna go for it, go for it. And I'm really, really happy for them. <laughs> And they deserve every bit of praise they're getting. And obviously, you know, companies get too big. Companies lose their way. They lose their primary talent. Like everything's a ticking clock. But I'm just happy to see whatever Larian's going to get up to in the next 10 years. Same, same. So, yeah. And uh, for Q&A today, uh, we pulled a lot of questions. They're all Baldur's Gate. So this won't be the last you hear about the game today. And if you're worried, uh, we haven't gotten out of Act 1. So you're not going to hear anything past Act 1. Uh, out of our mouths. Also, I think it's such a hard game to spoil because there's so many potential outcomes. There's so many different things. I mean, it's the internet's doing a damn hard job. Oh my God. Like it's also perspective on it. That is kind of frustrating. Like when Elden Ring came out and it was like, how do you beat Mikolai of the Enchanted Wood? Well, I'm like, well, of course there's a boss. That's a jerk. It's a from soft game. But every website is doing their, how do you romance so-and-so? What do you do for this? How to get out of the murder of the crows? And you're like, please just stop. And just give it a little bit of time. Please stop writing your guides. I also think the game does a little bit of a disservice. My, 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 my only complaint. My, I think it's my only complaint. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I don't know what the questions are later on in the show. But my so main fun. complaint right now is the origin character system lets you know early on who's a companion. And we're in a modern era where we just throw companions at you. And I'm, I'm kind of sad about that. I get that people's playthroughs can be ruined and heavily affected. Like in Dragon Age, I told Wynn, the main, main healer you get for the entire game, and healing is very important in that game, to take a hike. Because she was like, you're going in the wizard tower. I am a wizard. You require my aid. I'm like, wizard tower's full of crazy wizards. You're probably crazy wizard. Get out of here. F yourself. <laughs> and I couldn't beat the final boss because I had no healing in my party. Or uh, or like one of the main romances. I think her name was like Liliana Li 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 something. I met her in a tavern. She was like, I'm an archer and a priest and I watched a quest with you. I was like, no, priests are nuts. Get out of here. And oftentimes in Bioware games, I would tell 100% voice acted companion characters to get out of here because I didn't like the cut of their jib because I didn't know who they were. I didn't know they were going to be some big part of it. 
I and, that was me, but it was I, I brought them on board. Well, I, I don't think there's any. There's no way you don't end up with Ashley in Mass Effect One, right? Like she she's yeah, she's a, in your opening mission. Yeah, yeah, she ends up on your team no matter what. But in my original playthrough, she died very early on. I think I forget at what point there's a chance for crewmates to die. I think it's. Your first, I know the one you're talking about. I think it's your first showdown with like, was it Saren? Who's, who's the Saren, bad guy? Saren? Yeah. yeah. I think it's your first showdown on the planet with the bomb. I think, I think that's where Ashley died. And I remember at the time being like, oh, thank God. I hated that space racist. Uh, and I just, and I didn't like, I didn't like really get it I th- at the time. I didn't know about all the branching <laughs> paths. I, I was like, oh man, what a great way to write this game. I'm glad that, you know, that, that really negative lady died. Um, and then I found out. Like when I got to Mass Effect three and there was, you know, they're like another, your load is it's still going. Your save is still going all the way for, I'm like, Oh, also I lost Rex, which really bummed me out, but I just went with it. So like I, I made it to the end of Mass Effect three, no Rex, no Ashley. Uh, and since I've, I've replayed Mass Effect and of course I've carried them all forward just to kind of see what the difference was having them there. But Rex is well, one of my that- favorite characters. I never want to let him die again. And by Mass Effect 2, they had taken on, you know, more of this kind of Larian style of like, when there is a companion that is fully voiced and we put a lot of work into, they will join your party. You you may choose not to use them, but you may join your party. Like for me, I went and got Thane as one of my very last in Mass Effect 2. And he was like, oh, I wish to join your party. I'm like, I'm kind of full. I felt the same. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Thane, man. I was I'm like, just... I don't need like, sorry, you. Thane. Uh, and I felt real bad by Mass Effect 3 when he's, you know, uh, in a different state. But I was I was like, I got Legion, I got Tally, I got Garrus. I really don't need another guy around here. Thank you. Hey, fine. You can hang out on my ship. I guess invite yourself on board if that's what you really want to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, Garrus, Tally, uh, Miranda, Jack. I don't know who anyone else is. <laughs> those, those four are so interesting. And Crown was okay. He, he kind of, you know, the, the whole Genovese Not Rex. Thing. Not Rex. Yeah, not I didn't say Rex. Rex, no, I? Rex also. Yeah, but he's not Rex. So. Yeah. Oh, no, and I'm Morton. I do love Morton. Morton's good. Yeah, see, That's there's true. a lot of good characters. There's a lot yeah. of really good characters. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I felt bad for Jacob, because Jacob is a well-written character, but I'm just like, by the time I got to him, I'm like, eh, uh, you're just another, just another human. I believe Jacob horribly melted in a tube in my playthrough, so. Uh, in one of my playthroughs, Jacob, Jacob died. I mean, that was yeah. another accident. But by then, I think I understood the, the branching paths, and I had already beaten it once with him alive. And I'm like, hey, let's see how it rolls. Yeah, he had, he so. had an interesting little father. He was also your Luke Skywalker, your um, fish out of water for two. He yeah. was the one going, who are the Reapers? And you're like, oh, my God, just play Mass Effect 1. <laughs> <laughs> no one was worse than Vega in that department. Mass Effect 3, when a guy's like, but who are the Reapers? You're just like... Shut up. <laughs> just, just shut up. <laughs> can I leave you at the at the Pokemon uh, daycares so yeah, you yeah, can level can you up in the background while the adults bit. do you, the work? Did you not see the giant Cthulhu robots land outside and destroy Earth? Like, come on, get on board here. Come on, man. Read a book. <laughs> Read a Wikipedia. They, with their, like, Jedi system, with this sort of, like, classification they've given every character, no matter what you play in Baldur's Gate 3, Larian builds absolutely absurd and unhinged worlds where a thousand things are happening at once. Not entirely unlike a unfocused DM who plans week by week. It's it's very easy to be monster of the week when you plan D&D and Larian has made that kind of world. So I'm hoping that their through line, their main story maintains enough strength 
to make all those bizarre interactions and talking to an ox have a through line because they really did drop the ball at the end of Divinity 2, but it was one of the best co-op experiences I've ever had, and I'll continue to love it forever. Uh, I, I can't speak to it. Didn't play it. Well, barely played it. Barely played it. Well, you want to fight about the, the pop culture that we're consuming? Sure. <laughs> Why are we going to fight about it? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I really need to make a, a, a what we're watching uh, bumper. It's a new, it's a new addition. It's a new, it's a new addition because yeah. Kyle's, Kyle's been watching. Th- I don't know. You put Labyrinth in here and we fought about Labyrinth on stream the other day. Uh, uh, so, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I let a little strong with that conversation to be fair, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was a very jarring experience watching Labyrinth for the very first time. Uh, I did it just, it was on at like parties and stuff. And I saw the intro maybe you know, 10 times, right? Because it would always be fired up. Oh, that uh, owl looks bad. Oh, yeah, the CG owl into, you know, uh, the, the weird monologue. And I don't I didn't feel she was the best actor, actress anyway. So I kind of... I had such a crush on her. You, you shut your mouth. I'm sure. And that's probably a big part of the perspective, right? Because I don't think... Who's the Beetlejuice girl is particularly great either, but I had a huge crush on her. So I really what, wow, dude, 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 just throwing what? I'm, I'm talking about Beetlejuice. I'm not talking about her like ongoing she's career. Like Beetlejuice, she's just, like, like the that's, prototype. That's like she's that's the, like saying Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice is the prototype yes, for Winona all Ryder. unenthused goth girls. Winona yes, Ryder walked. And I had a huge, I had a huge <laughs> crush on her, but I don't think she's like acting her brains off. Nor do I think like Daniel Radcliffe's like you know, winning Oscars in the opening Harry Potter movies. Like, let's be real here. But he, like Winona Ryder, invested in being an actor and, you know, has grown into somebody with some pretty heavy performances. And I just just disagree with everything you just said. I think think part of the reason we gave a shit about the Harry Potter movies is that they actually got good kid actors. Yeah, they did okay. But I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the same for perspective, for perspective. Yeah. But you're you are refiring up a conversation we had on stream, which, you know, there's a lot of people that really beloved Labyrinth. And I watched it for the first time this week. And I guess I'll, I'll keep that a stream topic so I don't rustle the <laughs> it's, it's proverbial fine. jimmies around here. It's too fine. Much. It's uh, half the time. I'm just uh, I just enjoy uh, disagreeing with you because it's fun. Um, it, it, it's it's easier when you're objectively wrong, which you are in this case, but. I bet that that the rose colored glasses through and through. You know how much I have to log into the Internet and see people talk about like copium when it comes to World of Warcraft and stuff like that. Serio, man, Labyrinth. That's so weird, bizarre. The crotch wasn't as big as I was promised movie. (laughs) I've I've absorbed too much pop culture. Uh, Dance magic dance made no sense. The baby was a mannequin, a doll for like half of it. And it was really unnerving. They're throwing it. Do you want them to throw a real baby around? I don't want them to throw a real child. This gets into my like George Lucas thing. Just don't throw the child in the first place. Like there, there was a point where you said, should we have like a magical camel horse ride through the space casino? And you just go, you know what? No, (laughs) just don't do it. In the first place, Apocalypto has a wrestle with a fake panther and it looks absolutely awful. Like, just don't do it. But, you know, maybe VHS quality at the time kind of smoothed out the, the edges on the ragdoll child and all that sort of thing. Now, my my my, pro, my my issue with Labyrinth was more like the base 
the base storyline uh, as an Alice in Wonderland tale didn't make a lot of sense. I think I think David Bowie wanted to marry the girl possibly, but I don't know why he needed the child for that. And then the ma- dance magic dance wasn't the recording they used in the soundtrack that I heard a ton of times and danced to and like participated in as a theater kid growing up. It was like a completely different cover the goblins were completely different voiceovers it was just a really weird experience watching that for the first time uh i have no defense for your strange expectations that's because i'm so right and you're struggling to even come no because you're so completely unhinged uh, no it's it, but please please stop using unhinged that is a u- usage on the internet that people use for actually unhinged people we need a new word like it's just you're just a little off, you're just a little weird. <laughs> and I love off. I love Dark Crystal. I absolutely no, love Dark no Crystal. No one's you're you're not going to be backed up by the legions of two other people that listened to the Labyrinth soundtrack uh, twenty years before they watched it uh, thirty years too late. You're not going to. Yeah. You do not represent most people's the, experience with this. The movie. characters were all ugly as sin the weird head throwing one was just disturbing oh, i love that i uh, love that that's uh it, it's it's uh, so you're getting into one of my things uh uh, uh that, that you're, you're you're you've stepped you've stepped into a realm of i give a shit about something that you didn't know i gave a shit about which is uh my roommate in college had the art book for labyrinth and i still don't have it and it's one of my favorite art books ever the freaking concepts and i i forget the, the like the the, the the main artists behind the actual drawings of these characters i love the way that they do these like ugly fantasy creatures i absolutely love the look of it i think it works well in dark crystal where it's fully of the world uh, i think inserting humans into that was a bit of an oddity for me like i love the worm the worm was great my favorite part was honestly the the talking walls that beware oh shut up can't i at least say it once like that was great that was a great gag uh i I see what they were going with with like the 80s jeans and like the sort of princess top because like she's a princess but she's in the 80s and she's like been moved to another world a bit of a kid in king arthur's court thing going on there there, there's a lot of tropes of the time that i enjoy and and speak to my like inner child i enjoyed it then and i still enjoy it now there's a lot of things from my childhood that i do go back and revisit i'm like oh this is terrible like Dragonheart. <laughs> but um labyrinth isn't one of them it's a movie I, I still thoroughly enjoy watching and uh yeah i just uh i can't get I'm with happy it for you. also i think i think you're, you made me realize something else that, that i didn't really even know because uh, i i've never made it all the way through dark crystal i, I was kind of get a little bored and wander off i think it's visually amazing i love the way it looks i think the story is nonsense um but uh, i like the the juxtaposition of real people versus uh muppets uh, uh, I uh, watched the original Muppet Show a lot growing up, and I always loved the comedy that came between having a actual celebrity guest and a bunch of goofy ass puppets on stage. And to me, Labyrinth takes that that same juxtaposition but does something different with it, where it's <laughs> you're hanging out with these weird puppets, but also uh, vaguely threatening auras. Auras? Oh, you mean like David Bowie's sexuality? And no, just vaguely threatening auras. Like uh, you're hanging out in a world with Muppets, but you also might die. Oh, sure. Well, I, I don't like Maleficence either. Like the when you're a bad guy and you surround yourself with incompetence. So I don't know why David Bowie in a child stealing venture would use such useless 
<laughs> well, that's just the world, right? And that's all. He, those are the only people he could get to listen to him. Yeah, the only people would listen to Dance Magic Dance were a bunch of goblins. I, I, I like I like that. But again, I think it's a trope from our childhood, like, uh, you know, just angry, uh, you know, the claw from Mr. Gadget. Like, uh, well, and it keeps them down, right? Because otherwise they would be so efficient without Starscream. Megatron probably would actually take over the world and then the show would end. So you have to have some of uh, folly in there to trip them up over and over again. I think over time uh, we've gotten better at that, like saving a bigger bad, perhaps like Starscream's the main villain and then they unlock Megatron down the road or summon him or repair him or whatever so that we aren't always just like tripping over Megatron in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I totally, I, I hear that complaint a lot and I absolutely understand where it comes from. Like people say, ah, I can't get through dark crystal cause it's too boring. Like the same people say the exact same thing about Conan and I love that pacing. I love oh, really, yeah. really slow, lingering, uh, Western kind of establishing shots. Mm. Granted, Westerns are more boring to me because I grew up in New Mexico. So when they do like, a, and they like pan across the desert, I'm like, oh, my God, this is not mythical. <laughs> this is my backyard. I'm so bored. <laughs> you need to, you really need to land the cinematography because I could be the, I feel the same way about swamps. Uh, but mm. what, the first season of True Detective, the way that they the I don't know who the cinematography team was behind that, but the way that they shoot Louisiana swamps, like it looks like an alien goddamn planet. And I love it. Like the swamps have never looked scarier to me than that first season of true detective just, and they're real swamps. They just wouldn't point to the camera at it, but they chose like the right lens and the right lighting and they color graded it correctly. And they got interesting angles. And, uh, also the soundtrack does a lot of heavy lifting in that show. Um, but I, I can feel that. I can feel that. This is why I want to, this is why I want you to watch Breaking Bad because I'm like I love the way they shoot the desert there and I've been out there I've gone I've pointed cameras in the New Mexico desert it doesn't look as good as when the Breaking Bad cinematographers did it sure but it, it, for me it's a like I prefer the more Muppets because people are awkward I think you can get an amazing actor to pull it off like uh, Christmas Carol what's the Muppet Muppet Christmas uh oh it's a, just a, a Muppet Christmas Carol yeah. Okay, yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. That that's an amazing actor. Who absolutely is of down with the Muppets. It's a very different uh, decision. Like they, they they were going for a a, a, a they, they, it was an intentional decision to have uh, Michael Caine play it as yeah. straight as humanly possible. Surrounded humanly by Muppets. being the key word. Yes, and also you got um yeah. uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Yes, which I think those are my really two favorite Muppet movies. Yeah, I love those two. in that you have uh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry, who's just rocking it and making it real. Tim Curry, it's it, they're opposite ends of the pendulum. Uh, the, the the Christmas Carol, you have Michael Caine being the most like anti Muppet energy character in the history of Muppet movies, and then you have Muppet Treasure Island, where Tim Curry actually out Muppets the Muppets with his performance. Exactly. Yes, uh, and both work. You, you we went to both ends of the extremes, and it works because the Muppets are always ridiculous. But Labyrinth, that's something different because there's a lot of menace to a lot of the puppet characters. Well, you would probably enjoy that the dad was the guy who said, I found them. Repeat, I found them in Empire Strikes Back. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Yeah, that's, it's him. He shows up. Well, there it is. There, you, are you telling me that there's a Lucas connection with something there's that, was made, by George, that yes. was made by Jim Henson? I can't believe it. Also, uh, Lucas apparently did the final edit of the film, which is very apparent. Did he? There's some, yes. Oh, no wonder I like it. some Lucas lingers in Labyrinth that are very Lucas-y. I love Labyrinth. I don't care. 
Uh, speaking yeah. of westerns, Kyle, I watched something you'll probably never lay eyes lays eyes upon. I'm currently uh, working through the Justified revival season, which is uh, the original show. Justified is my second favorite television show of all time. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Second only to Breaking Bad. It's a modern a day western. western. Yeah, it's a modern western. That's what neo means. Uh, yeah, new neo neo means new, Kyle. Well, I'm aware. I'm a uh, Beast, Beast Wars Neo. I'm aware of. You think I don't know what Neo means? I've, I've been around anime yeah, you, all you, the time. You just asked, is that what Neo means? You've literally well, just no, asked. I, well, Neo, well, like I, I tend to think a little future when we get the Neo involved. So, mm. hey, but this is a crime drama. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the original five seasons? How many? I don't remember how many seasons there were the original Justified, but it took place in Six. Kentucky. Six. Okay. We're on cool. six seasons now. It, it, well, this if the, this this isn't just called Justified. This is Justified colon uh, uh, City Primeval, so it it doesn't have the same uh, IMDb. I'd be listing. so pissed if I fired that up and it's probably what it is. That sounds badass. Uh, you, Justified you, City Primal. No, Primeval. Oh, even even better. Primeval is a great <laughs> freaking game. <laughs> oh no, there were six or uh, six seasons of the original show. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, guy's a U.S. guy's a U.S. marshal. Uh, you saw him in the Mandalorian, the main character, Timothy Oliphant. He was also. Did you see the fourth Die Hard when we were getting out of college? With uh, uh, the one who, with the fire sale. The, yes, the guy that it was with the kid who tried to sell you a Mac. And uh, anyway, Timothy Oliphant was the villain in that movie, uh, but he's the main character in Justified. He's a U.S. marshal, uh, you know, dealing with wanted fugitives and whatnot wait and the tiny nerd is he because he got older no 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 oh, okay no the tiny okay. the, the nerd uh, that's justin long wasn't he the guy in the mac commercials and he was a mac and the other yes. guy was the pc yes yeah that's justin long no 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 timothy oliphant was the villain in live free or die hard oh yeah i, I don't i don't recall anything but fire sale it's called the fire he was sale. also uh he was also um uh agent 47 in that terrible hitman movie which just did not participate in that thing. Neither that did like I, but there's a fantastic the interview with Timothy Oliphant where he talks about uh, he took any job he could get because he just bought his first home and Deadwood got canceled, which he was the main character on Deadwood as well. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Timothy Oliphant's like super open about his career and he has some really interesting uh, interviews where he talks openly about not being very proud of the stuff he did when uh, Deadwood got canceled. But he just he's like, I, I need to pay for my house. Yeah, I mean, that's good he's owning it, because I think Nicolas Cage has, has gone a little uh, artsy-fartsy on his bad years. Uh, yeah. He's gone a little bit like, I was an actor. I'm like, we all know you were having financial trouble, dude. It got kind of weird there. He still has plenty of fun, though. Oh, yeah, he's, he's had fun. Like, it's, I wouldn't say his movies are... Um, like panned. I mean, I, I, I love the witch. I, I, was it called the witch? I love witch, witch, which burning, which tide, which, oh, uh, no, which, no, which is which? No, which is not, uh, Nicholas Cage. You're thinking of, uh, crap. What's the, it? Ron Perlman's in it. Season of the witch. Season of the witch. Yeah. That, that movie is terrible, but in a really fun way. It's a terrible in a D and D way. It is just a, it's a scorpion King level adventure. And if you can, stomach the bizarreness of it you know it's it's pretty fun it's it's nice it's a nice uh not too serious not yeah. too serious yeah a little fantasy just a little in there 
I've, we, uh, we we decided to go traveling during the slew of the, the every movie everyone is talking about. We haven't seen neither of us have seen Up Oppenheimer yet, and we haven't seen the Barbie movie, um, which were the hotness while we were gone. Yes, the double feature. Yeah, and which order you saw them in determined your mood for the night. My greatest sin at the moment is I haven't seen Mutant Mayhem, and I am the biggest Ninja Turtles fan I know in my circle. I love the Ninja Turtles, and I hear this new movie is incredible. I don't think it's timely. <laughs> you know, like explain yourself. <laughs> I mean, I don't think like missing Ninja Turtles is going to cause you to have a lesser feeling about Ninja Turtles when you eventually see it. It's probably the movie I'm most hyped for this year, though. Uh, I I didn't know it was being made. And so when the trailer was, I was like, OK, I'll give it a watch. I love the trailer. I love the way this like, looks. I love the way it sounds. Everything looks like I'm going to just love this movie, especially in a year where I was pretty disappointed by the Spider-Man sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. My, yeah, I, I wish I had seen it so I could, like, call you out and make a big labyrinth flag waving hullabaloo on your face. But I, I didn't see it either. Hmm. I. But, you know, like uh, Endgame, like when Endgame came out, like there was a window of opportunity to enjoy that with the cultural wave at the time before That's it kind of fell off. And I feel like I saw Mario movie a little late to like enjoy that. I still enjoyed Mario movie. I saw it over the break that we had there and it was fun. I, I loved uh, I, I just love Bowser weddings. I, I love fairy tale <laughs> Bowser weddings. I think Bowser's plight of love is one of the more hilarious gags that has ever existed throughout video gaming, and I'm always interested to explore it. Uh, and, J and Jack Black singing a piano ballad about that misplaced yeah. love uh, was perfect casting for a movie. That was cute while still like keeping him very much a monster so he could just be the villain. Like it wasn't heavily nuanced and no. you didn't really feel bad for him at the end of the day. And it, it's uh, Illumination, not Pixar. So they, yeah, it's very it, surface level. I mean, Illumination, the script was kind of like, whatever, and who cares? Like, they, they did a great gag in the opener there with the commercial. It's I an think, isekai, uh, Kyle. It is the, 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 by mean, definition kind of, of yeah. it's whatever, who cares? Oh, 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 throwing my interest under the bus, are you? How can you be yeah, interested it, in something that is nonsense? <laughs> I, that's the fun of it. That's that's the disconnect from reality, the, the lack of reading the news. I, I want to read true crime. Don't, yeah. don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it too much. Exactly. Okay. All right. And and Luigi was excellent, and I just had a, a wonderful time with that movie. But uh, Barbie, Barbie is on the internet. Is also just fired up. <laughs> yeah, yes, I've heard. Yeah, it's like Enchanted. It's one of those Enchanted kind of tales. Uh, you know, it, it fired up conversations that I would have at middle school thinking I was like, really like massive brain of like, Oh, what is the cultural impact of Bobby? I'm like, okay, I've, I've been down that road. I'll enjoy the movie in isolation without the internet telling me how to think about it in the future. Oppenheimer. I, I really like, uh, Gillian Murphy. I, he's the main guy in that, right? Yes. Yeah. He's playing yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The cast yeah. is freaking nuts. Robert Downey Jr. Is up in that business. Really? What's he doing? I, I he's plays one of the main characters, I believe. I, I don't know my, my history around the Manhattan project very well enough to know the character that Downey Jr. Is playing. Um, but uh, also it's, you know, it's, it's Christopher Nolan who for the most part, I really like, I think he has a couple pretty overrated movies. I am in the camp of interstellar is one of the most overrated, boring films I've ever watched. Um, but, uh, I really do love some like prestige is one of my favorite movies and that's a Christopher Nolan movie. Obviously I love the dark Knight. Um, but, uh, hmm. 
I'll eventually see Oppenheimer. I would like to see it in theaters. What uh, it's it's not super convenient, but considering how rare it is, I still was like kind of thinking about going, but I think I've missed my window. One of the like actual physical film showings of it is on the east coast of Florida right now. They they only made a few reels of this. And I think it like broke the record for the longest and heaviest reel of film ever sent out to pro- to projection. What movie is this? Opp- Oppenheimer. There's like there's oh. a, a few select theaters got actual film reels to show. I think it's 44 millimeter. It's, it's supposed to look amazing, and they just don't do this anymore. It's horribly expensive, and it's super <laughs> flammable, degradable material. So. That's badass. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a hundred and eighty minutes long. Wow. Yeah, it's, a, it's three a hours. Movie. It's a long movie. Yeah. Yeah, we still have the uh, we still have the Napoleon movie coming this year too. I think. Do oh okay why that's what? Uh, weird Ridley Scott's next movie. Really? Yeah. Well, that seems odd. Does does it? I mean, dude, the Gladiator. I guess. Uh, yeah, maybe. Huh. Who's playing Napoleon? Uh, cra- crazy dude from Gladiator. <laughs> the the um, oh, like kissing his sister yeah, or whatever. Walking like, Phoenix. Gladiator. Yeah, oh, poor guy. Uh, he'll always be thumb thumbs up, thumbs down, trying to get with his sister to me. <laughs> I'll always be. It, that, that's not his fault, right? Like it's, he did a great job in the role, but I'm always just gonna see his face and go ew. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like him as an actor, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes you take a role that's a little too strong and uh, my my warped uh, view on life will uh, will carry with you there. Yep. 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 But uh, no, I, I love our uh, our desync and what we're watching right now. Also, uh, one of my favorite shows came back this week and I had no idea it was returning. But the 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 uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Only Murders in the Building, like murder mystery comedy show is back. on. I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I am I love it. I love it. Uh, it kind of jumped the shark in season two, and I don't care because I just love these characters. I love the soundtrack. It it, it makes me laugh. I love the show. Is, oh, is it, is it a laugh? I thought it was. Like the, I watched the trailer. It was like really serious. It was, it was no. Like it's an absolute. It's, it's it's like a soft dark comedy. Okay, because it's just like it's like odd couple energy. Um, you know, obviously they're dealing with people who are who are being murdered, but it's not. It's not dark. It's creepy. It's it's much more like uh, if 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 Steve Martin made a Clue movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I get I get the, the release of it. The crime. I I walked by a window yesterday, and they had a plaque in the window of their apartment, and it said "This house" and like big flattery letters. And you're like, oh no, you know what do they advertise? And it says "This house mourns fictional characters," and like had a little you know pray hands <laughs> emoji. I haven't on seen it. that it was, one. I've seen a lot of the great. gag, the gag flags, but I haven't seen that one. That one's good. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's healthy, right? Because we, we all want to experience these awful or traumatic things and crying about something that wasn't real is a good release. That's how I feel. That's my defense of Isekai. It's like you, when you go into another world, you see who you truly are. You get a chance to be and maybe have powers to be that person you always wish you could be. And that experimentation is what I find so interesting and those sort of things. And that goes to Enchanted and possibly the Barbie movie. Uh, I mean, this can happen without isekais. Like, what was it? Um, Legally Blonde, you know, where you enter a world that's not your own, but you still bring with you the values of that other world. She, I guess she had superpowers, I guess. I mean, you're basically just describing fish out of water. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. not sure you 
I mean, I guess it's just share something with isekai. Like, what is isekai but elevate, like, energetically elevated fish out of water? Yeah, what I don't like is when it's a invasion, like what happened in Big Fish, where the world is the real world, but, like, the fairy may have been real. You just don't know. And I'm like, oh, if you're coming for big fish we are we're gonna have to just like end the podcast here because i don't think i can take one more of my like uh titular this movie is great opinions uh being assailed i'm not i'm not i'm just (laughs) like you go enjoy every tim burton thing that was ever made oh no no no, i don't Uh, big fish is the cutoff by the way if you're wondering where the cutoff is for tim burton making good movies big fish was the last good tim burton movie Oh, you weren't a huge fan of Alice in Wonderland? That is one of the worst things I've ever had my eyeballs assaulted by. I bet you someone likes that out there. I'm sure someone does. It's not on this they show right now. They made a sequel, Kyle, so clearly yeah. enough people... Like, that movie is terrible. They did make a sequel, didn't they? Oh, I saw the sequel. It's bad. I was I was drugged to the sequel. Um, the best... Drugged? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> the best I, part of it was Christopher Lee voicing the Jabberwock. I don't even remember that. You know, like you the, know I, do big, like, like, I do like Long Neck Dragon. I do like Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd was before Alice in Wonderland, right? Yes, but it was after Big Fish, so my my, I mean, my joke is now is now inaccurate. Well, Sweeney Todd, you know, as we think, like there's there's parts of it that are very enjoyable. I don't think uh, Jack Sparrow can sing very well, but he did a performance that didn't really matter in that regard. He didn't really have to. It's not like he's hitting high notes and shit. We're not doing, we're not doing a Hugh Jackman production. I had Alan Rickman too. And that was a, that was a great Alan Rickman bit. That is, that's a, yeah, I like Alan Rickman in that a lot. When I lived in Chicago, we would often sing, uh, pretty women to ourselves, but it was to pigeons of all the many, <laughs> pigeons in chicago that were horribly maimed there was outside of my workplace there was a veterans fire that was ever burning you know one of these like little flames memorial an immortal flame yeah 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 but the pigeons in the winter would get so close to it they'd carterize off their own feet so around this that's great fire was all these stub-footed pigeons so me and my wife would be walking to work in downtown Chicago and we sing pretty pigeons, beautiful pigeons to ourselves as we pass the horribly maimed fire pigeons. That's extremely grim. (laughs) I'm really, I'm really uncomfortable with that. I just watched guardians three, man. There's a lot of animal cruelty in guardians three. I don't think I can handle the story right now. Yeah. I heard that guardians three gets a little unfun, a little unfun. It, It is. It gets dark, but it, it 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 sticks the landing like it makes it all like it does something with its darkness uh and and ends up with one of the more interesting villains in an mcu movie not that it's a hard competition i love the mcu but the villains are pretty unmemorable for the most part particularly the guardians one villain the one with the hammer that guy oh ronan yeah ronan sucks i like his thing i like his face makeup that's it that's the only thing cool about ronan well, and you knew like the actor, he was doing the smolder thing and you knew he like had more to give. And that was the saddest part about it. Like there's some scene that they cut that somebody was like, this isn't important. That was his entire motivation and backstory. My brain doesn't work like yours. Definitely never th- had that thought. But I love that you think we all had that thought. <laughs> Where, where's the, where's the, I, I, maybe it's a DM problem I have. I'm like, oh my God, the character's 
skip the entire backstory. They didn't ask the right questions. I prepared so much material to fill out this villain. They're like, yeah, he sucks. He's so boring. Well, you didn't talk to him. You just murdered him. He had a whole backstory, a wife and kids, and you didn't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, sensitive to, to animal topics this week as a result. Of I, I, I see that. Yeah. Well, uh, as with anyone in the city, I think I'm safe in saying that we're all coping with uh, the cold, the issues of a city, the madness of living a city, the sheer number of people. And sometimes, sometimes your mind, much like your dark comedies, has to have a giggle at the maimed pigeons mm. who are just making their way much like you. That's fair. That's fair. Before we, before we get out, I know you, wa- I think you watched all of it. I've only seen the first episode, but Futurama is back. Yeah, I watched the first three episodes so far. Okay. It's not as tight as the original. Like, the original was very much a, we have a story to tell. We have gags we want to do. This was way more meandering and not necessarily, like, topical uh you know i think of south park as really a villain of topical in many ways like those original episodes granted i was a child so you know like doing the anti-smoking episode i was like ha ha that's funny and it probably was very topical at the time i just saw it 10 years late and it was no longer a topic but Mm -hmm. you know it's more like ah what happens if you stream too much tv what happens if we address that one episode that happened actually 20 years ago and pretend the clock didn't really work that way. So they, they're making their way. They have a whole gag with like, Oh, you know, we got to go visit the Fulu executives, Hulu, Fulu, you know? Yep. And, uh, the, the voice actors, most of them are, are bringing it. Uh, Fry's a little blown out in episode one. I don't know if maybe he did a recording before that. Maybe he had a really hard job right before that. He seems to be recovering as the season goes on. Who knows if it was even recorded linearly like I noticed that. that in episode one, I noticed that in like two scenes. I was like, huh, sound a little raspy, but the other scenes he sounded exactly as I remember. Um, right. And Farnsworth's fine and his other characters are fine. So something about Fry is a little off. Well, there Fry's his real voice. Fry's, yeah, Fry's, yeah. Fry's just, is just uh shit. It's a uh, Billy West. Billy West. Billy West doing Billy West. Matter of fact, he's got a great, if you ever read interviews with him, uh, he said he did that on purpose because uh, he didn't, I don't believe he name drops what show it was, but some show replaced him with someone doing an impression. <laughs> He's like, well, Fry, I'm just going to do my real voice so no one can do this to me. I heard he was impersonating like um, the radio guys at Carson. Like he was doing like a, like a kid of the time. He was trying to really embody that Y2K energy. Oh, that we maybe. had. Maybe that's true. I mean, I, I, there's a quote where he was like, "With Fry, everything is always, but but why? Like, like, do I have to? Energy. Um, but yeah, now Futurama is probably my favorite cartoon meant for adults. Like, I love Futurama, and I'm not a huge Simpsons fan. Uh, to kind of let you into my brain, I would say of that length, hell yes, like. Uh, Futurama has been my most binge watched show, yeah. much like many people do The Office over and over again. Yes. Futurama is one I like to just put on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like what, what, what would you, length. What, so what what is a different length that would beat it for you? Well, like uh, Tigtone is hilarious. I don't know what that is. Um, it's an adult swim kind of thing. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, because you were just talking about like adult animation. Yeah. Yeah. Because right? like, I, like, I, I love Aqua Teen and those episodes are like 12 minutes. Yeah, and it, yeah, those have had lots of seasons, but I also picture that as a shorter show. 
Mm. Uh, it, it's the Simpsons uh, office comparison I'm really grabbing onto here. Like a show of that you're, mighty, mighty season. You're 30 minutes. Yeah. You're Simpsons, yeah. you're South Park, you're Bob's Burgers. I do really like Bob's Burgers. King of the Hill, Bob's King Burgers. Of the Hill. Yeah. yeah. Beavis and Butthead. Um, I would put that more in like the adult. Like that's that's a that's another layer deeper. That's well, that's more that's my judge. No, 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 it isn't. That's, yeah, no, that no, is my same, judge. Yeah. That's not Matt Groening. I'm confusing the two. Yes. Yeah. But that's the, the King of the Hill guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't, re- I just, I was so sad when it ended the last time, but um, I'm in a weird spot with it. I, I, I don't have a great desire to watch it because I love the, the, the previous ending. I thought the previous ending to Futurama was like, it, it, it ripped my heart out of my chest and squeezed uh, everything I feel about loving another human out of it. We're back, baby. Kind of like encapsulates <laughs> everything you need to know. They don't worry too much about their previous kind of beautiful Pixar end that they came up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they address it, but it's like, who cares? It's Futurama. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's back because it's one of my favorite things of all time. And I, I will take infinite more Futurama over infinite more Simpsons any day of the week, personally. But also, it's like, man, you actually had an ending that I loved. And so I, I don't have a huge desire to continue watching, but I'm at the same time, I'm really glad it's back. Cause it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I, I'm conflicted. Kyle is what I'm, is what I I'm think it, the show is conflicted. It is, uh, it's navigating its own nostalgia. It's been around so long and so much is the same, particularly like, Leela's voice hasn't aged a day. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like you bring up, it's been like 20 years since season one. And it's just like your voice changes. And I always, you and I always notice this. Like it, it, it is inescapable in the new Indiana yeah. Jones movie and in the DH Harrison Ford scenes. You're just like, I just, that sounds like current Harrison Ford coming out of uh, a 28 year old Harrison Ford's body. Uh, and it just, there's a disconnect there that, that seems a little odd. Um, but the cast for the most part, other than a couple places where it just seems like maybe they're just having a rough day. You're just like, how do they all still sound so on top of their game. <laughs> so. Who uh, who is the mom? I, I want to see. I want to look this up real the quick. Mom, uh, like are you Tress talking about the character? McNeil? You're talking about the character mom? Yeah, mom. Uh, you know the evil mom corporation. Yeah, Trace Tress McNeil is a legend. She does Daisy Duck. Oh shit! Well, I didn't know that. But she. She does everything, Simpsons, Futurama, you know, like the, the grand midwife kind of stuff. She is absolutely legendary up there with like the Frank Welkers for me. And again, like I, I watch this, I see the other voice actors, I see them going, well, you know, you changed a little bit. She's just amazing. Yeah. Absolute legend. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's wild, man. That, that show is such a greatest hits of voice actors some of yeah. the best that the best that have ever lived and they're still out there just given amazing freaking performances it's good stuff i'm still conflicted well uh would you like to be conflicted about answering Baldur's gate questions oh my god she did hama <laughs> the the moon lady the the blood the bloodbender oh, i didn't shit. know that was her what yeah what Damn! Yeah, she's a legend, freaking legend. Anyway, you were you were you were prompting us forward. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. 
you can send your questions in to our members only channel. We have a channel called Ask the Host. Drop questions there. All of these questions today came from there, and they're all about Baldur's Gate 3. A reminder, we will not be talking about anything past Act 1. In fact, we haven't even beaten Act 1, so we won't go to anything past even wherever the hell we are in Act 1. Anyway, Bothy asks... I don't know why I was so loud when I said that. <laughs> Since BG3 is the new black right now, when it comes to RPGs with decision-making, what alignment do you typically end up following on your playthroughs? Uh, Paragon, Renegade, are you able to replay and go against your preferred character choices? Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned earlier in the show, I usually am a good guy. Uh, with some middle-of-the-road stuff, like in Mass Effect, usually Paragon, I always punch the reporter. The reporter always gets punched, uh, there's always a few people that I shoot, uh, but usually I'm <laughs> yeah. taking the good road. Like, I just love these characters so much that I can't be mean to them. <laughs> yeah, it, good to my friends, villainous to my enemies. Mm. That's how I like to think of it. Yes. And and I very much play a similar style, and I'm very happy with the Dark Urge because it is that, like, wrestling with evil inside you that I find very, very interesting. And I hope I'm able to overcome it and get a good ending all the same. Yeah. I, I, I think I've realized I'm a pretty boring person uh, in that regard. Um. It's different now when it's not as based because it is more emotional in that way. Like, uh, so the KOTOR, you know, you do a good playthrough, you do a bad playthrough. But it was very easy to steal the plane tickets from the family with the child to escape the exploding planet and knowing you're leaving to them their death when you got 50 dark side points and that made your lightning harder and hit harder and had more mana and costs less or something like that. It was very easy to like quantify that and like you are fake. You are not a real mother and child. I will abandon you on this planet. Let's go. Let's commit atrocities. Why not for video game fun when I get 50 points for it? In a game like this where there's not a exact alignment system that is visible and affecting your stats, I have a harder time being straight uh, an asshole. <laughs> I'm a little more emotionally charged in that way, and I tend to be a better person. Uh, same, same, same. The, the big exception was was a, a slow tour for me, uh, and a lot of that, I, I think I felt free because I was playing a Sith. And it's just like, I'm playing a Sith. I'm going to be a Sith. I'm going to do evil things. Like, the point. That's the whole point of everything that we're doing here. Let's go. Um, and and it's probably been my favorite playthrough of anything like this uh, in terms of like oh, character uh, decisions. And like uh, if you were to do Grey Jedi in SWOTOR even, when that came out, you didn't get any loot at the end of the game. Yeah. They, there was no Grey set. It so sucks. you actually, yeah, you were actually detrimental. There were parts in the original KOTOR where you would be like, oh, I really don't want to kill this guy. Okay, you know, I'll let him live. And it'd be like, wow. No, you're gray now. Whoopsies. Yeah. All your spells cost a billion. Everything sucks. Your build mm -hmm. is awful. Star Wars has always really struggled with that because in, in my mind, like part of what makes Ahsoka so cool and what, like one of the coolest characters in Star Wars ever is the fact that she is like a, a fully fleshed out gray Jedi. And I like I was I was like like heading into that sequel trilogy. I'm like, can can we just call out how much the Jedi were also dumbasses and just get away from that? And I thought that's the where they were heading. And then of course that whole thing just set on fire by the time it got to rise of Skywalker. Um, but we're, so we're coming up on the Ahsoka show and I'm like, I swear to God, if you do not do something interesting, 
<laughs> with Grey Jedi. I, I'm going to be so furious. I mean, she's not part of the order anymore, right? Like, she's, no, she's, she's never. She hasn't, she hasn't been since before the end of the Clone Wars. So I would expect them if they're doing a show, they're going to do like a she builds the new academy kind of thing. They're going to mess it up. Well, I mean, they've already established in the new canon that Luke tried to establish a new academy. So I don't know oh, that that's old as that's old as sin. Like, well, I know that, but there's also it's also in the new canon. Like that's part of the sequel trilogy. So I, I, don't, I don't I would be surprised if they're like Ahsoka found her own town unless unless they go as far as like she finds her own temple. And also it's her own damn rules like she breaks from tradition would be kind of interesting. But like get away from temples and all that crap. Give me someone who's just like the Jedi sucked. This is dumb. <laughs> Get married, form attachments. Who cares? <laughs> um, this is the most interesting scene in the Last Jedi is when Luke calls that out. When he's just like, "It's the, the Jedi are to blame. It's the whole reason Sidious even rose to power." I'm like, "Damn, I was really bored during that casino scene, but Luke is out here spitting truth bombs." I will say the one thing that, I, yeah, this is this is an old an old RPG problem. Uh, particularly as the games evolved to be more graphically heavy. And in particular, when we got to like Shepard, when he was fully voice acted as well as Inquisition, there is an issue as with any RPG where the lines aren't delivered in the way you mean them to. This game has been very intelligent about that for the most part. My biggest disappointment in like that wasn't the way I wanted it is perform. Perform is almost always like I'm a jester. It's this very big smile. So my my disturbed man, I'll do like a perform, and he's like all smiles, and it's just kind of weird. When I meant it more like deceptiony, and deceptiony can sometimes be a little like twist the daggery kind of rogue pick the lock in its physicalities. Uh, I, I, do we have a name? Do we, like Derplander? Do we have a name for the Baldur's Gate? character because they're they're kind of derpy you know they're they're kind of a goofball they they smile at some odd moments they got some swagger to them and of course that that might be just the human i haven't really played with a dragonborn that dramatically might change they just go by tav that's interesting tav is that like their last name maybe Uh, i don't know there's a lot of people in chat saying they're referred to as tav or okay or or they should just call him tad for tadpole you got the tadpole under your Oh, head. that's cute. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, no, I usually, usually go pair. I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's why I like Justified. I think I play all my characters like I play the main character from Justified. A strong sense of justice, but you just can't help yourself from being violent sometimes. I like playing, yeah, the kind of like a super cop. It worked really well in <sighs> Mass Effect. Yeah, it's 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 funny because I, I have authority issues in real life, Kyle, but I do, I love exploring peacekeepers well, in fiction yeah there you're talking about like the systems and everything else that is developed in our real world that can be called in the question when you have that's the isekai fantasy you have the power <laughs> to influence you know it's the ta- it's why taken or um john wick exists mm, if something uh, happened in your life your anger would be powerful enough to influence the world and you could do something about it uh what like i think that's why death note is one of my favorite anime like hmm. uh, light is such an interesting uh, power fantasy and but like it but it also there's comeuppance for that power fantasy which doesn't happen in a lot of like revenge films like John Wick uh, although I guess there is there there are uh, consequences but not to the level of what happens in Death Note yeah I, I, I love Death Note for the dad alone the dad was my favorite part 
Oh, which dude, I think the, says a lot about the me. Dad arc is so perfectly written. Yeah, like if you don't, if you don't like squirt a little t- tear with, with, with how how the whole arc ends up for Light's dad. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Watch Death Note if you if you hate anime. Watch Death Note. <laughs> I would say stop at the end of season one. I mean, unless you're really like, uh, this. yeah, the back half is not as strong as the first, but it's. I think it's still worth watching. But yeah. There are people, and I think you're kind of this way with Star Wars. There, there are certainly those who are like, just give me more. I don't really care if it's good or not, or if it really you know, lands everything about it. Sometimes you just want more. It, yes, I am one of those. I'm one of those, and I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't. I don't care if it's good or not. It's that I will still find enough enjoyment in the in the in the nuggets of stuff that are quality that the larger masses of of low quality uh, writing don't bother me, or I could I, I still find it fun enough, like. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the book of Boba Fett is a uh, high watermark television, but I still had a lot of fun with it. Actually, I would I say like the can. first four episodes are actually some of the more interesting star Wars shit they've done, but then it becomes a Robert Rodriguez, uh, like a uh, campy nightmare. What does that mean <laughs> for the back Rob- half? Robert, Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez did. Uh, I love his early work, but his newer stuff in my opinion, isn't all that great, but he did desperado and once upon a time in Mexico and the fun half of From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. He did Elite Battle Angel? Shit, maybe I should watch that then. I haven't seen that. Um, he did but, Spy Kids too. Yeah, he... I, he's a weird dude. <laughs> he's a weird dude. I can feel it. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. He did Grindhouse as well. So, yeah, this is a pretty. He did the one I don't like as much, which is what? Planet Terror? Yeah, Planet Terror. Yeah, that, that, is, that is. Planet Terror is a bunch of nonsense. It is kind of fun to watch, though, but I prefer Death Proof much more. Death Proof's a. That's the Tarantino half of Grindhouse, and I really enjoy that one. Machete kill. Yeah, mm. interesting. Yep. Uh, Anzo says, what advice would you have for a D&D and uh, Baldur's Gate novice? This is my first foray into this universe and this type of RPG. Um, also, any tips for a good co-op experience as I'm playing with two other friends? Hell yes. I All do. the passives. <laughs> 100%. Like, don't read any guide that's like, well, the... The battle dice you get on the fighter version is really quite powerful and you'll have lots of, like, just go for the crit. Just pick all the passives. You're going to have so many characters to manage. And if you aren't already invested in that world and that layout, like, do auto levels. Automate everything you can. Uh, Take the choices that it gives you when you first level them up for spells and then explore them at your own pace. I... I, I would agree with you. I was kind of going, these types of games, I, I am so much more interested in manipulating the game through dialogue than I am through combat. That said, I'm really impressed by the combat in this game. Like it yeah, is it's a good evolution of divinities. It's really fun. It's really tactical. Uh, Kyle, I just found out you can freeze blood. If you cause someone to bleed and you use an ice spell, it'll freeze the freaking blood on the ground and, and, and make it, make the ground slippery beneath their feet. 
Yeah, they probably also do like electric if you were to shock the blood and people are standing in the same pool of blood. I don't know if electric works with blood, but have you noticed the water barrels? Because if you break the water barrels, it makes the ground wet and then you can electrify it. And it's amazing. Yeah, the classic divinity business. They toned it down a little bit. Divinity was uh, one pool of oil was like a mile wide. Anytime you opened a barrel, everything was on fire. God. Yeah, it was a big barrel. It was like their feature, like their their standout RPG mechanic was the ground effect so they went a little hard on it mm. yeah it's a anyway all, all, the, all that's great also i've been messing around i've been ex- experimenting a lot on my solo play mostly just kind of like seeing how the mechanics work in an environment where i don't feel like i need to keep it rolling for entertainment value um just like turn on freaking turn-based before you engage combat like and also I've been doing a lot less of the grouped party stuff because you can get real wild by splitting your party up. You know, people go around to an entirely different entrance or like sneak in an exit or come down from a higher level. And if you just have everyone sneaking and all the, like the, the stuff you can pull off, like I even, I just, I was just messing around with like the very first uh, combat encounter where you can like, where it's not, it doesn't force you into combat. Um, like the crash ship. Once you, once you crash, and you go back into it and there's a couple enemies you can fight. Like I was just messing around with that. And I had like my one other party member go around the other side before I even engaged. And I was like, holy shit, the combat gets so much more interesting that way. It, it made me, you know what it made me think of it? I never thought in a million years that, that I would think of this while playing Baldur's Gate three. It reminded me of the original rainbow six games. Yeah. Where I you plot that. out like where you want your team to breach. And if you want everyone together, if you want to have different people come in different doors or windows. Like I used to love the Rainbow Six games, um, and it it's it's there was even a Gundam Rainbow Six knockoff for the PS2. Uh, I think it was Zionic Front, uh, and I played the shit out of that game. Um, and it's it's reminding me of that the combat like this. It's really it's, it's I'm I'm having a very similar experience with Final Fantasy fourteen where I I thought I was going in for the narrative, and it and I and, and I am and the narrative is delivering. But I'm also really smitten by the actual gameplay and the combat in a way I wasn't expecting. They also expect you to rest a lot. Like there is so many custom oh, yeah. conversations you can have oh, yeah. at every single juncture. Every time you get a new character, you should rest. Every time you do anything of note, it's worth heading to camp. Not even resting, just head to camp and talk around and get to know your characters there. They almost always have unique dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm... I, I'm 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 with you. Um, everyone in chat right now, Anzo is saying, "Take speak with animals." It's a Larian game, and can confirm there is custom dialogue for every single animal in the game, which is insane. It's cute. I would say I would say leave that off your first playthrough, not because I don't want you to enjoy the game to its fullest, but that's like one more. I always go simple, simple, simple to get people into things, mm. and I would be concerned if you're like, "Oh no, I missed that part," and like j- just that. It's not even FOMO, but it's that feeling of just overwhelmed starts to hit you and go, yeah. I'm never going to beat this thing when every bore I can have a conversation with. They are great. They're absolutely wonderful, but they can be, um, the game can be very intimidating. That would be my biggest piece of advice, which is just go for it and just accept whatever happens. Like just uh, keep, keep moving, keep pushing forward because there's so much in this game. It is such a, a rich tapestry and, and knowing that, I, I hope that you can find like 
abandon all FOMO Yehuantel here. Is that I think how you should play a game like this? It's just make peace of the fact that there's so much you're never gonna see it all in a single playthrough. So just accept that and 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 free yourself of of needing to see everything in one playthrough. Just go and have fun and see where the adventure takes you. If you're completely unfamiliar with any of these types of RPGs, and this is your very first one of those in the simplicity sense, decide if you're if you want to play yourself the most or if you're going to be using party members. Because if you make yourself the face man, you give yourself the intimidates, deceptions, the persuasions and all that. You will get to have the majority of conversations. You will feel like you're the star. But it's very easy to end up in a world where Gale the wizard with all his charisma, not actually stat wise, but you know what I mean, and his spell book, like you end up playing a side character and micromanaging them more than you'd ever touch yourself. So I like to do face man, wizard, warlock, spellcaster for myself. And then everybody else is like a tank, a rogue, a barbarian. And they are boring and their kits are boring because I'm so busy managing me. I thought that's how I was going to go into this, but the characters are really interesting. And so, I'm, again, that's where the Bioware is creeping in for me. Uh, I feel like this is my crew and I care about them. Yeah. And then you cross that bridge and you become more invested and you might spend more time. You know, you start specking yeah. them, you start going through the inventory. And before you know it, you're going to beat the game because you're invested. Yeah. 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 I'm enjoying it. As for as for playing with with two other friends is uh embrace whatever it is that they want to do because it can that's the best part about playing with other people is you can't control them so i I would say like don't try it also takes a huge load off the whole execution i love you know ending up in town and be like all right everybody see you in 10 minutes like let's split to the wind and we'll all i found this over here i found oh i looted this it's very intimidating to walk anywhere in this game when you're playing solo and be like this is all for me (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to click every box in here. This there's too many boxes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. We, we just, we loot together. And then when we find something, we think the other person would be like, we'd be like, Hey, I found this. You want this? Like you can watch our stream and see us go through that. So yeah, maybe give our stream a watch and let it inspire how you go through with your buddies. <laughs> Umbral soul asks, uh, how much do your concepts of the character you're playing influence your decision? In short, do you RP as you play? Uh, usually, yes. I feel like I'm still figuring out my character in BG3, at least in our duo playthrough. That's what happens in modern games more because there is that influence of your facial. Like, there's a part where in the very opening adventure, you make kind of like a <gasps> face, but it's like so innocent. It's so wretchedly innocent of like a, how is this happening to me kind of moment that it greatly informed who I was. And if I brought like this full blown character sheet, like I would do in older role playing games, uh, I'd constantly be arguing with myself. And I found myself doing that a lot in like Inquisition and Dragon Age 2 when they started getting more into like the emotion wheel rather than the typed responses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because that was originally like I love I love himbos. Like I'm a big fan. I was and, and when I finally decided last minute to go paladin, I'm like, I just, just want to be Thor. I just want to be Thor. I just want to be a dumb hunk. But Sometimes, my character like, looks so sinister in all the scenes that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. Well, we are in an area where we're talking to a lot of 
uh, short fantasy characters. So we're always shooting you from below too, which is making you look way more intimidating. Yeah, when you're we're dealing, yeah, we're dealing with a lot of a lot of small races right now. So yeah, so that that camera angle too can be like, oh shit. Like, and for instance, like uh, I've had a big switch over with how I kind of play my Final Fantasy 14 character because when I got into Final Fantasy 14, I'm like, everybody's hot, everyone's awesome. I can't even pick. I have a harem or something like that. It's badass. You know, Valgon's getting around. Every expansion, a different lady. You get nobody in Final Fantasy XIV. Nobody. There is no relationships, no kisses allowed. And I've really had to back off that because uh, personally, if, if I was playing that character, I think the world would be pretty damn frustrating. But kind of pissed me off if I was always trying to date people and they were always like, I did the adventures first. So now Valgon has become more of this like, I, I don't really care. Like it's it's not important to me. Maybe some maybe someday I'll have kids, but but right now it's about the mission. So I very much let the game inform me, as I and even you know a year and a half into it, no matter how deep I might be changing my decisions based on that. Meanwhile, in my one hour solo play save, I've already made out with a mind flayer and killed everyone I know. There you well you know you can make out with many things. <laughs> the game is really horny. As it should be. I mean, it's a Larian game. And have you played with D&D players? They're terribly horny. Um, yes, but not until I was in my 20s. And my longest running uh, long play was with the other married couple we're friends with. Planning a D&D party is a uh, human resources job. <laughs> and... When I begin a D&D group, I very much calculate how many horny people I have at the table. <laughs> and I balance it out. Kyle, I don't think human resource uh, workers uh, are supposed to cast horny judgment on people that they know. They probably do, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you work in HR, could you please, 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 please write us and let us know? <laughs> no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know because it's probably a very real thing, particularly when you get to like narcissism and executives and stuff. I don't want to know about it. But it is something you do factor in to make sure you have a balance table that, you know, your whole party isn't just going to be pursuing bar the employees. The I want answers. For, I want to stipulate that. I want answers from a from a pretty innocent angle. I don't want to look into the dark maw of the void of humanity. Okay. Oh, you mean for the HR thing? Yes, yeah. Don't yes. send me your darkest yeah. stories, please. I'm very no. sorry. <laughs> no, we don't want to know. But it is. It is like I'm. I'm being 100 serious. Like if this was a D and D advice show. I would 100% say you got to have a balanced table. And sometimes that means like leaving a friend at the altar. Like I left Bo Schwartz at the altar on my divinity to playthrough because I already had a wild card with John. And John, John's actually unwild carded himself quite a bit since leaving World of Warcraft. I wonder if those were related. But he used to be a, I'm not going to fight. I'm going to do my own thing. I'll hide during every combat. I'm going to steal everything and not tell anyone about that kind of guy. Okay. And I was I was just about to ask, what is your definition of a wild card? Because you convinced me to get goblin brain surgery the, yesterday. Yes. Uh, there. And so, well, that, that uh, yes, I would say, I would say I'm, a, I'm an encourager. You know, I'm, I'm a, I, I'm a bit of a railroader. You could even say I, I was really, I was really hit in the center of gravity by you yesterday because I felt like I was the encourager in our first play, first day of play. Because there were multiple times we were like, oh, okay, I, I guess, Mr. Paladin, that's what you want to do. But then yesterday, you're like, do it. Make the most dangerous decision possible. Well, day one, I had already seen some of the games, so I was letting you lead because uh, I wanted you to have the organic, you know, early okay. experience, and I didn't want to backseat you. Okay. 
as we got into day two, we left parts I had played and I was just excited to see how far the game could go. Gotcha. Uh, not not to like the physical detriment of your character. I wasn't trying to get you killed. At no point did I believe you were in serious danger, even though we ended up being in serious danger in a number of those we situations. Basically got ourselves killed. We were not going to win that combat. There's also there's also like uh, some heavy experimentation I do with any game when I first get into it. Like I'm not afraid early on to look up a solution in a puzzle game just so I know what the tone is. Like how far are you willing to go, Larry? And how deep is the system? Do you actually have an answer for me to this question? And I'll often or in early games do way more crazy shit than I would ever do later on. Ah, or in uh, real, or yeah, in real life. yeah. That like that we we ran into that like statue of the priestess of the moon or whatever. We just had no idea what the puzzle was, and there were a couple of people in chat giving us tips, and other people were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa spoilers!" And I'm like, "We're so barely into this game. I literally don't know how it works. I will happily take a hint here." Yeah, you don't know the 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 scope. The yeah. scope hadn't been achieved yet as to how a yeah. puzzle could be solved. Yeah. I have notes. I have literal. I have literal notes on that puzzle. I don't think it was very. (laughs) I don't think it was very clear at all. I think that's a perfect example of you're not missing much. Uh, Later loot will be better than anything that was in that box, and just keep moving. It's it's a good point, but like it's, I'd like to be given a little guidance in a world with this many possibilities, and and I don't that one puzzle. I'm like, how the hell does anyone ever figure this out? I think, uh, well, have you, have you seen, uh, Encanto, was it? Is no. that the, Dis- okay. Yeah. The Disney movie with the house and the powers and all that. It is, uh, it's modern Disney. I don't know if it's Pixar, so I, I, I can't say that, but. I think Encanto it is, is Disney animation. All right. I'll say it's a modern computer animated movie where like they opened a psychology book and we're like, Ooh, what story can we make out of this? I felt the same way when I saw the trailers for that Elemental movie. I'm like, okay, all right, you're doing the Zootopia thing again. That's Pixar, and that one looks so just boilerplate. A little flat, yeah. It's like AI wrote a Pixar movie is how I feel about that one. I'm like, Pixar, I feel like you've already explored these themes. And Zootopia was Disney. It wasn't Pixar, so it's funny. Yeah, and Encanto's Disney. And Encanto is Disney, yes. Yeah, yeah, but Encanto actually kind of nails it, and sometimes it's a little too hard. But I am, when it comes to tables, whatever the table needs me to be. And mm-hmm. yesterday, when I sensed some, you know, some trepidation, I became the encourager, and ah. I wanted to push that. If there was someone else cur- encouraging at the table, I would immediately take the, no, 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 hang on, and I'll maybe devil's advocate. There's lots of words for this, and sometimes think they're just jackasses. Mm. But I often fulfill what the table needs. The, uh, so I, I, I have a question. I'm going to ask a question in our question mm. section. Okay. Because I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, Garrett's being a really evil paladin because I, I freed a goblin to take us to the goblin city. Sure. But I was thinking about it like I would think about it if I was sitting at an actual table where I could make any decision I want for hopes to getting to a, an end solution that I think I can make happen in a world where anything is possible. And so my whole thinking was, no, let's let the goblin out follow them and then cripple the infrastructure of these goblins before they attack. Cause they keep saying they're going to attack. Sure. Is that evil to me? It's like, I, I feel like that's a, a pretty well, rational way to go about things within a world where there's, you know, there's a threat coming. You're playing on stream for one and I'm encouraging this as well. So let's let, remove ourselves. The astral project outside ourselves for a hot moment and say that, all paladin critiques are because they're funny. There's absolutely 
paladin types and paladin oaths that exist in fifth edition that don't mean you're a boy scout all the time you can be a paladin of vengeance and you can fulfill that oath of vengeance i am a paladin of vengeance my oath is vengeance but it's really funny to point out when the paladin's being an ass (laughs) because it's funny And they're and like they've even added rules so that paladins don't have to have gods if you don't want to go down that road. There's warlocks that can be healers because you have a divine angel that you're, you know, attached to. So there are many, many different builds. It's not as tight, as stringent as it used to be, but it is it will always be funny to see a paladin doing evil things. Mm. Okay, cool. Just wanted to clear that up. Just wanted to clear that up. I was curious. I'm like, why? People are really like hammering this down. I'm like, no, but I'm I'm trying to smite the evil thing. I, this, this, this one goblin, small potatoes. I want to, I want to get the big bad goblin. Paladins in my groups, in my life, have been responsible for the most party kills. Paladins, not, not my favorite players, because they often attack their party members in their quest for. Well, this is what I would do, right? Oh. And D and D luckily has helped avoid that storyline into fourth edition into fifth edition by being like paladins it doesn't have to be that hard but we don't have that relationship with a god either like if you were at my table and you did something evil i would pull you aside and you would have you know you'd be brought in a dream before your god who would be like maybe don't do that in the future that was a bad call i will cut off your powers because that's not fulfilling the goodness that you were supposed to be delivering upon the world and that threat of losing all your spells and having no more levels in Paladin and having to like take up Barbarian is a pretty real threat. And most people kind of change their ways. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to clarify. That's also just I, funny. I was just, just curious just about funny. that. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like a sad feeling. It was a, an interested, a curious feeling. Uh, Vernacular Ham asks, as someone who I think isn't super in-depth on Forgotten Realms lore, are you feeling overwhelmed or excited about how Baldur's Gate 3 is just throwing you into the deep end of this setting? This question is aimed at Garrett. Uh, yes, I the, the opening to this is not at all what I expected because the only I've only played like the first five hours of Divinity 2 because uh, I was like, this it impressed me and then I was just sad that I wasn't playing with friends. So I stopped playing. Um, cause I, I was like, damn, this is actually like a tabletop experience. I should be doing this with friends. And then I had no friends to play it with. So I stopped playing, um, compared to the opening of divinity Two, this is like balls to the wall, uh, by comparison, divinity two is like, it's a boat and there's a Kraken. And I'm just like, I've seen this before opening of Baldur's gate three is like, I have never seen or thought about anything that could look like this before. It's awesome. They made an excellent choice. They really did. And they led with the multiverse kind of aspect so that when you do that late in the game, you're not like, oh, you ran out of plot points, Marvel. Well done. Nothing matters anymore. Everything sucks. Interesting. They lead in hard. I haven't thought about it as multiverse at all. It literally is. Like it is. I mean, maybe not multiverse, but it's multiplanular. Oh, I don't know. I don't even understand that at this point. I just know that there's tentacle monsters and there's devil and dragon monsters. And then there's a standard fantasy setting. I hadn't really thought about where all of these various elements come from. For all I know, they're just different continents. When you're slapping those tentacles together, you are going real places and real other dimensions. Oh, I thought it was just like a teleport around the same planet. No, no. I mean, where is it? Well, I don't, 
I'm not questioning you. I'm just saying from no, what no, I understand from what they show I'm, me, I don't know that, nor do I think it's all that relevant. No, but like we've like we've straight up like come across parts where I've thrown open a book and been like, oh, like, what is that? Like, uh, like they are doing the straight up planes that exist throughout this. And hell yeah, you go to a number of them. That's super cool. But and, also and even that opening area, I didn't pick up on that. I think it's I think it's fine. <laughs> and that should be the reference, right? Like for you at your level, they didn't beat you over the head with it. They didn't respect the source material. How can you not realize that this is the pits of hell? Like it doesn't matter. And that's great. And that intro allowed you to get into it. So when you do go back to hell, eventually, maybe, I don't know, then we've already said that it exists. It's not the fifth, 20th Marvel movie where why do we even bother protecting yeah. one city anymore? Yeah, no, I, I like this and the whole thing. And I do think it is a little post Stranger Things if we're going to bring in pop culture, like because of the influence of D&D &D in that show and the way that that show, even in very the very first season, is just like there's creepy tentacle monsters that come from another freaking universe and try to murder you. Like, I think I think we're all ready as popular culture connoisseurs to just be thrown into an adventure like this. Yes. Yes. And I think that's where I think um, a completely different conversation, but I think that's where Diablo's kind of lost its edge is their multi-planular crossovers are too frequent, dire, powerful, unfun in many regards. Tame by comparison. Maybe even that too. Maybe, yeah. I, I, D4, I think, is a really well-made game that it had it come out five years ago, I'd probably be obsessed with it. But now I'm 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 a little bored by it, and I wasn't expecting that. I really, really wasn't expecting that. But it's just a little uh, safe, in my opinion. Yeah, well, to me, death and romance are you know two sides of the same coin. You got to have life and you got to have death. And in that way, the darker you are, the funnier you need to be mm. in many regards. And when you go dark the whole time, I tend to lose interest. Same if you go funny the whole time. Uh, to me, I often think of like Magicka when it was just all Star Wars all jokes all the, the time. time. All jokes that's, that's all the time. That's me and uh, Borderlands. Like I don't laugh. Yeah, and Borderlands. I don't, is I don't a good laugh. Example. I'm kind of bored, uh, and eventually I move to annoyed, and I stop playing. Yeah, I enjoyed the gameplay. I had the time for the gameplay of Borderlands too, and I really had a good time with it. But yeah, it's not a world that I would like buy figurines of and remember my time <laughs> fondly. <laughs> I like that. That's your your rendition of I'm a big fan, so I'm gonna. It, did I buy swag? Is yes. your that you're dividing yeah, lines? I'm fandom. a frugal man. Yeah, if the swag exists, it meant a lot to me, and, <laughs> and then, you know, that's why I have that's why I have little beholders and stuff like that. So D and D, they are they are doing an amazing balancing act when it comes to the world that they have thrown you into. And the Baldur's Gate is as deep as you are aware of it. They are name dropping. Like I, I, I've never completed a Baldur's Gate one, too. It's one of my great, great shames. I hope one day that I can fathom it. I, I can't fathom 4X games really either. Like my brain just doesn't really grab on to that kind of style. I love turn based. And so Pillars of Eternity 2 I've played a lot of because it has a full-blown turn-based mode. I really want to play, I think it's Pathfinder War of the Righteous as a turn-based mode as well. But I've read, I've read the Wikipedia thoroughly. Many a many a sleepy night has been spent reading Baldur's Gate wikis, and they are name dropping, and there's some really cute nods. That's rad. 
Uh, we kind of already answered this, but I'll uh, throw it in here anyway. Uh, Abavan said, I have limited ga- uh, time to game. What sort of time commitment would I need to make per session to really feel like I accomplished something in Baldur's Gate 3? What type of game experience should I set my expectations to in order to enjoy the experience? I think this is difficult to answer, but I'm the type of person that really enjoys side stories in games like this. And so that's why earlier I said, I'm like, I think if you did like an hour, a couple times a week, I think there's a, an hour of fun in any rando session of Baldur's Gate 3. I mean, obviously, if you're doing a co-op, just set yourself the four hours, like, you know, every Sunday, four hours, you guys get together. And that would be a glorious experience that I think everyone would enjoy in that block of time. And that's the exact amount of time I give a and d party because if you go longer, great, everyone's into it. And if you go four hours and everyone's like, I'm done sitting, feels great. I think four hours is the perfect block there. Will you get through this game fast? Well, once a week, four hours, Divinity 2 took me 160 hours. So no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a commitment. And you may have to judge that commitment, a commitment. I find myself like with cyberpunk, I'm like, that's a retirement game. Am I serious? I'm going to play that when I retire. Oh, but it's strictly solo. I want to spend time with friends when I do have real time. And Baldur's Gate continues. Each game subsequently comes out and I have to judge. Do I want to play cyberpunk? I really do. But I save it for later because I'm not making that time right now. So 40 weeks. It would take you 40 weeks at four hours uh, ago to get through Baldur's Gate 3. I mean, that's... That's a that's less than a lot of people's long play D and D campaigns. Yeah, and you would have a lot of experience and in combat certainly, and dialogue and everything else is going to go a lot faster than a real D and D game. And so far, sure. what we've seen uh, is really well curated. Like, well, like what I've seen, like if, if this was my DM, I'd be thrilled, absolutely thrilled. If, Kyle, if into- you sat down, Kyle, and this was the story you threw me into, I'd be stoked. Yeah, I mean, I've I've run into one what I would even call like the B team lip sync. It's really good. Like they, every single conversation you come across, you're like, you actually the like the voice mo-capped acting. or something. The voice yeah. acting is unbelievable. I don't believe they captured this much unique dialogue and then also mapped it and lip synced it in such a good way. Like, are there prettier games? Absolutely. But the quality considering the quantity blows my mind like it doesn't seem real and the characters don't look like legos like they it doesn't look like a head was popped on that body with that hair clicked on top of it It, it's a good looking game i would say it's completely worth your time when when the ai voice work comes and we're all mad about it this is the game that we're going to hold up as the holy grail of like, fuck you. This is what humans can accomplish. <laughs> well, I st- that's a hey, one more reason. If you want to, if you want to that horn to just buy it, if you're not even going to play it, like it, it, they didn't have microtransactions as mine. I'm like, hell yeah. 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 This, this is, uh, as someone who just roots for creatives, man, this game brings a tear to my eye. It's amazing. It's freaking amazing. Uh, final question. It's the most important one. Iprix wants to know, Kyle, have you stolen anything yet for the, your next DM session? I So far, it's all pretty low-level stuff, and I think I've done everything we've done so far in some regard. We'll see where it goes. I, I can tell you what. 
it's all over the internet, but I'm still not going to say it aloud because to me, I was upset to know about it in advance. But there is a zone that I was super stoked for, and I'm really excited to see more of it because it's one of my favorites. So I would say right now, no stealing because I've done it all. I've been playing a very long time. However, the interpretation of certain zones coming up could heavily affect how I do it in the future if done well. Good answer. It's the correct answer, Kyle. It's the correct answer. I've been keeping score this whole time and uh, you won. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. But before we go, Kyle's going to hit play. (gasps) Little fantasy, little fantasy ditty for today's Baldur Gate heavy episode. And we want to thank our heavily badass patrons for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to support Kyle and myself and get yourself some perks, check out our Patreon by going to supportourbromance.com. Also, if uh, you're, uh, you know, a longtime podcast listener, you don't usually check out our videos, even if you aren't all that into Final Fantasy, I think you'll really enjoy our video this week because it's it's about Final Fantasy, but it's more about Kyle and me hanging out in person for the first time in five years. So yeah. head on over to the Grinding Gear YouTube channel and give a watch to our first Fan Fest video. It's completely different from anything we've ever done uh, I had a lot of learning to do in the editing of this and I'm super proud of the video and it's currently underperforming so please go watch it Oh, everything's underperforming right now man don't you know the streamer drama's on the streamer drama the, is on streamers are doing hey do you think drama in Final Fantasy 14 is dumb and antithetical to the entire reason a lot of us started playing this game in the first place hey check out the Grinding Gear YouTube channel <laughs> um, <laughs> hey uh, we also have new patrons that we want to thank uh, starting with Pocketruby thank you for signing up I want to thank Gary K. Thank you for supporting. Little Lady KD. Appreciate the support. Only known as R. Thank you for the support. Are you friends with L? I'm a big fan. AJ St. Alban. Appreciate it. Thanks for hitting that support button. And Melissa P. Thank you for your support. Thanks so much. And there's a special level of patrons that we thank every episode. Those are our legendary level backers. So big thanks to Sean B., Mike R., Stephen J., Das. Sean with an EAB and Cheesy Bob. Thanks for the support, everybody. We'll uh, see you tonight for some hard Final Fantasy XIV content. We're doing another extreme tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you next week for another Grinding Gear podcast. Until then, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Garrett Art. Kyle is at Kyle Ferguson. We have a joint account at Garrett and Kyle. And uh, everything we do can be found on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe to the Grinding Gear YouTube channel because that's also where we live stream this and everything else. Until next week, GG. Take care.